Good morning and welcome once again. And uh, just a few short days before Christmas, it's hard to believe, and this year's about over. Another one down. Let's start off this morning and uh, have a, a word from the Word. We'll be in Matthew chapter 1, and start in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was on the wise. When his mother Mary was in spouse of Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And then Joseph, her husband being just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But when he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, take unto thee Mary thy wife, for which is conceived of her as of the Holy Ghost. And she brought forth a son, and his name shall be called Jesus, for she shall save the people from their sins. Now all of this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. Then Joseph, being risen from his sleep, and as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took him to his wife, and he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. I ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, and just let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. It's been a very different year. I've stood up there and said this very different times. And, and uh, just a few minutes ago, I said it's hard to believe that Christmas is already here. And uh, it's, it's been very, very different, different, different type of season. And, you know, uh, nowhere in the Word does Jesus command us to celebrate his birth. Um, it's, it's nowhere there. It's um, something that man took upon herself to do. And, um, you know, many times when man does that, it's, you know, not always a good thing. But any time that we can take and put more of Jesus in our lives... That is good. And Jesus is something that should be celebrated not once a year, not twice a year, but every day because of what he's done for us. And we humans are, are, are selfish and we need these times to take a moment to, to pause, to take a break, to reflect on who Jesus is what he's done, what he represents, what he means to us. We, we need this. It's important. We see that uh, we've been talking about for the, the past few weeks that Satan is working hard to chip away little by little by little to take God from this world, to take God out of our hearts, off our minds, to put things of the world and of him in front of us, making those things seem normal and things of God seem foreign. You know, uh, God is in everything that we do. So even if you are, are not a, a strong believer or a non-believer, 
There's things at play that are of God because he is in all of us, whether we want him there or not. He sets things on our hearts. He is the creator of everything. His fingerprints is all over everything that we do. And we look at this time of year and we see things like goodwill towards men. We see things like peace on earth. We have a sense of, of giving because we are, are looking for things to give to others. These are things that are qualities of God, whether we want to see that or not. These are qualities of God. We want to have togetherness. This is a time when families come together and we fellowship, we eat, we exchange gifts, we visit one another. And we see this past year, that's been hard to do. We have things keeping us apart. These mandates, this virus. Because we've heard many times that we say that Jesus is the reason for the season. So if we take away the season... It takes away the reason. And we look as we drive by and we look out there at the, at the decorations. And one thing I see less and less of is the big Jesus lit up in lights. I see less and less of the nativity scene. When you drive past the courthouse, where is the manger? Where is the nativity scene? Where is Jesus' name and lights? It's not there. But we still see Santa, and we still see the reindeer, and we still see Frosty, and all these other images. But where is Jesus? Systematically, we're breaking them down little by little. This morning as we start our services, we had our, our traditional Christmas hymns. And they speak of the birth. They speak of the king. But turn on your radio. And where is, O little town of Bethlehem? Where is Mary, did you know? Where are these songs? No, all we get is the jingle bell rock and we get rocking around the Christmas tree and Santa Claus is coming to town. Where is Jesus? Where is the reason for the season? As we went through our, our text today, we see a prophecy fulfilled, conceived of a virgin. And skeptics and unbelievers will say, well, that's impossible. Nothing for God is impossible. And that is the point he is making. Just because it seems normal in our eyes, we don't have the eyes of God. We don't have that ability 
Because we can't have that kind of faith. We see that Joseph was just a man and he had to have the angel of the Lord tell him this is the way it is. This is how it is. This is correct. This is God's will. You know, uh, we often talk about, you know, why that God sent Jesus at this time. You know, could you imagine today? Do you imagine if in 2020 Jesus was here for the first time? We'd have Joseph locked up and probably Mary would have an abortion because that's what we see as normal. And if someone said they saw the angel of the Lord in a dream, we would mark them down as crazy, a fake, a phony. Jesus, King of Kings, you know, he knew all the way back when man was formed. It was no secret, it was no mystery. And knew that man would fail. Jesus knew on that day that he had a job to do. And we see that he didn't come back. He didn't come here. He didn't leave the splendor of heaven to come down and be a king. No, he came as a baby. You know, many times in life, we are faced with struggle, with opposition, with disability, with misfortune, with all these things that bring us down. And Jesus had to experience that. So he didn't come as a king. He didn't even come as the son of a king. He came from a family. Just like you and me. Average, normal. We see before that they were traveling. They were on their way to be taxed. They was under the authority of the government of the time just as we are today having to go and do no matter what the circumstances were. Imagine what that trip was like being nine months pregnant, making a trek like that on foot. And when the time came, there's no room. How many times does that ring out for us that there's no place for us that there's not enough that there's not a place we can get that we have to find something that's substandard just enough he didn't have the the garments of a of a king they wrapped him in Swaddling clothes, whatever they had, what they could find. 
He grew up not as the son of a king, but as the common folk, just like us. He could have done things so differently, but he had to be just like us. And through all of his, his ministry, his time on earth, he faced the struggles. He was dismissed. Even as his child, as he stood in the temple, he tells his mother, I'm just doing my father's work. And she was puzzled because she didn't truly even understand. Even his own mother didn't truly even understand. But yet he came and did for all of us. And we think about this, we know we think about this this time. We think about this birth and the importance it means. And we think about the star and the wise men and the shepherds. And it's the beginning of the story that ends on that cross. And we think about our salvation. This little baby, this little baby that was despised right from the beginning, this little baby that was, they tried to hunt down and kill because of the threat of his power. means so much more. Jesus is the ultimate gift. Because a baby was born, because of his sacrifice, we have so much. We all were going to die and go to hell because of our sins. Because Man was not up to the task, and they failed. And we continue to fail each and every day because we simply cannot do it. But Jesus came, and he sacrificed himself so we all have that opportunity to be saved. We have that gift of eternal life. And that is huge. And if Jesus never did anything else, that would be enough. Enough to worship him through all eternity. Enough to crown him as our Lord and Savior. That would be enough. But Jesus is the ultimate gift. Because a baby was born, we have direct communication. Just this morning, we sat down, we talked about our prayer needs, we prayed to God. That wasn't always possible, but Jesus took down that veil. We can go straight to the Father because of his blood.
We can be healed. We can have healing. Because it's our God-given right through the blood of Jesus. We have power. We have access to the kingdom of heaven. All because a baby was born. We look at the world today and we see all of this chaos. But when we look at this, we look at a God, a heavenly father that knew everything that was going to happen. And loved us so much that he sent his son. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine having to leave heaven? You know, the, the word of God doesn't tell us a whole lot about heaven. But what, he, what it does tell us just sounds amazing. And I really believe that we only get a small glimpse of it because it just sounds so appealing that we just couldn't wait to get there. We might want to speed up the process. We have to be patient. We have to, to work at it. We have to do some good while we're here. But could you imagine being there and having to leave? To leave everything behind, including your title, your status, your, your power. So many times through the, the life of Jesus, we see the, the restraint and the love and everything that he doesn't do, that he could do, and it's just amazing. It couldn't be me. I'm not capable of it. He's the only one. He's the only one, but he had to give all that up. Jesus, the King of Kings, He came to earth, came into the world, and gave up everything. Could you imagine today if we asked any of our leaders today, all right, here's what you got to do. You've got to relinquish your power. You've got to give everything up to save the world. How many of them you think would do it? How many would volunteer? How many would stand up, stand in that place? I don't believe there'd be a one. How many people you think would give themselves up, sacrifice it all to save the world? And we see now so much how we're pushing God away. How Jesus is not important. How church is not important. How the word is not important. How the world is growing in such a disarray of darkness and sin. And Jesus knew all that. He knew what we're going to be facing today. What we're going to be facing tomorrow, next year. He knew all the abuse that he's going to take 
And not just on His time on earth. How do you think it feels as He looks down upon us, as He's with us, and He sees everybody that's turning against Him, that takes His name in vain, that is wiping God away from this world. How do you think that makes him feel? You know, I imagine that is more hurtful than any physical abuse, than any crucifixion, any whipping. I think the real painful thing is, is how many souls are going to be lost because of it. The how many are never going to realize who Jesus is and what he can do. And how many people are never going to take them in their hearts. That are never going to accept this free and awesome gift that gives us so much. Look at us here. We are... Claimed, born again believers. And we're not even taking full advantage of the gift that Jesus has given us. You know, uh, we can put it in a, a, a Christmas metaphor. You know, we have that Christmas tree there and Christmas morning. We come down and there's all those presents. And... We Christians, we might take that big one, you know, and we unwrap it and boom, we have salvation. We got that check mark checked off. But we leave all the other things underneath the tree unwrapped. Just tucked away, just sitting there. Presence no good if you don't unwrap it. A present's no good if you don't give it. We have an unlimited supply of Jesus that we can give away. Unlimited supply. We can give Jesus to every single person that we encounter. But do we? How much of it do we give away? And it's not because we're going to run out. It's not because we're not going to have enough. It's because we simply don't. We got Jesus laying all over the place in the closets and storage and it's just there collecting dust because we can't use it all. We're not going to give it away. We're in this time of year that we're supposed to be sharing and caring and giving and loving. Remember the reason for the season. Jesus, that little baby that came to feel what it was like to be us, that came to save us, that came to give. Santa Claus gets all the credit. The real gift is Jesus. 
Nothing else will be possible without him. We've got to start making a, a turnaround. We've got a few days left before then and then after. We've got to start giving. And we've got to change our focus from a, a seasonal focus to an everyday focus. Who can I give Jesus to today? Who can I give Jesus to tomorrow? Who can I give Jesus to after that? We've got to start taking all of these gifts and putting them to use. We have to get the instruction manual out called the Word of God to see how to work these grand things that Jesus has given us. How to unlock that healing how to unlock that favor, how to access that kingdom of heaven, how to use that God-given power that is ours to use right now. We have to stop letting the world push him away. He is here. He is just as valid, just as strong, and he is just as willing to forgive you and to take you in just as he was when he came as that little baby. When he was standing at the temple as a child. When he was hanging on the cross as our sacrifice. He is just as willing today. He is just as valid. He is here. He is here among us. And we have got to start utilizing him. We've got to start seeing him as a friend, as a person, as our Savior, our Savior. We have to start seeing the need and the reality. We can turn on the news and see about climate change, and we can see about vaccinations. But the true problem lies is that there is not enough Jesus in this world anymore. That he is not a priority. And it all comes down to us. We can be the change that needs, but we have to start doing it. We have to believe it in our hearts, we have to have the faith, and we have to share it. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, the opportunity, Father. Father, we, we thank you for the season, Father. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for sending him here, Father, for his sacrifice, for his love, Father, for every gift that he gives, Father, and how he gives each and every day. We thank you for that, Father. We ask that we can have a, a change of heart, Father, where we don't focus just one time a year, just not two times a year, Father, but every single day. And that we can change our focus, Father, from the materialistic, from the ways of the world, Father, from the, the, the commercialism, from the sin, from the political battles, Father, from everything that the world is pushing, Father, and turn back to one thing that matters, which is Jesus. Father, we ask for healing, Father. We ask for your favor. We ask for your blessings, Father. And we ask most of all for hearts to change. For the ones that have not received this gift yet, Father, that they will...
take the chains off. They will find the way. Their eyes will be opened, Father. Their hearts will be opened, and they will fully and completely receive. We thank you, Father, and ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Page 375. Good morning and welcome again. And, um, we've been, uh, throughout the past few weeks, we've been talking about different things going on in the world and uh, how they're a symptom of something bigger, which is a lack of God. How we keep the world and Satan keeps trying to suppress God and change God and drive us away from him where we should be flocking towards him. And it seems like the only time now that we hear God in a way is when people can use it in their favor. And uh, there's been a lot of that lately too. And we're going to look at one example of that today. And... Um, that's why it's so important for us to be informed. It's so important to know what the Word of God says. And let's stop there for a moment and have a word for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to get into your Word, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it and to take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And um, so... If we look back at the different generations, there's always been times when we think this is the end. This is end time started. This is when Jesus is coming back. And, and people have been waiting for Jesus to come back ever since he left. But the word tells us that only God and God himself alone knows when that time is going to be. And sometimes I think it's kind of foolish that when God tells us something like that, that we spend so much time trying to pinpoint when it's going to happen because God tells us that only he knows. And we can be influenced in ways that are, are not healthy. Even when we're using the word of God, if we're using it in a way that's not healthy, if it's not speaking truth and we're not using it in its manner then it's just as good or just as bad as not using the word as are and um we've had a a lot of things as time changes we have different technologies that happen and each generation sees um different types of of technologies and we see things like like microchips being used for different things, where they can store lots of data, be used to open up locks and different things like that. And uh, we're seeing these things start to, uh, to take place. They've been using microchips in animals now for lots of years to be able to track their locations, to have the owner identification and stuff on there. And we're starting to see that move into uh, things like people. Well, a lot of times when we see something like this happen, well, that's the mark of the beast. That's the mark of the beast. We have this vaccinations that are coming out now for this coronavirus. And we keep saying that this is the mark of the beast, the mark of the beast. And I'm not in support or anything of, of 
vaccinations. That's not what it's about. This is just simply the example for today is, is that when we are using the word of God to drive a point, whether it's for or against something, when it's not truly what the word of God says. And uh, we're going to get into Revelation a little bit. I know a lot of people really enjoy the, the book of Revelation, and I think it's a good study on your own. It's not something that I preach on a lot. And uh, I don't like it as a, a main course. I like it as a, a side dish. And I kind of take the, the lead on that from what God gives us examples of, of such things like heaven. He don't give us a whole lot of what heaven is because I think we can sometimes be too focused on things that are not really what we should be our main focus. We need to be concerned about, of course, going to heaven, but we need to be more concerned about what we're doing right now, how we are sharing Jesus. That should be our main concern, not about our destination, but our journey. We need to be sharing Jesus. We need to be sharing his love. We need to be sharing his example. We need to be doing all we can right now to be the best example that we can be of what God's love is. We don't need to be worried about what happens next. We need to worry about what happens right now because this is what's important. These are the decisions. These are the choices we're making right now that later on that we are going to be either judged for or rewarded for. We can't just always be looking at what happens next, waiting for that, that next level. We can't just coast through this life waiting for the next one. Because we have such little time, and it's precious time, and we need to make the most of it. I want people to be informed. I want people to be able to see when something pops up in front of them, then they can say, no, that is not right. That is not what Jesus said. That is not what God says. That is not the way we should be living our lives. You know, whenever Jesus walked the earth, we, people had to go to him. They had to go. They had to walk. They had to gather where he was to be able to see him, to be able to hear him. And nowadays, we have information that just flows into us from every direction. And there's so much of it, and there's so much of it that is simply not true. And we have to filter it through the word of God. They were showing, showing pictures, saying it was coming from the Pope, saying, if you do not take the virus, uh, the vaccination, you cannot get into heaven. That it's going to be a new way that you have to do these things. We know simply that is not true. The only way is to heaven is through Jesus, the Son of God. There's another lady that gets up there, and she is anti-meat, pro-vegan, and she has all these different things, and she's making statements that you cannot get to heaven if you eat meat. We know this is not true. And I could keep going on with these different examples, but these are just things, and they're just, they show up. They're in front of us. 
But this has been far most the biggest thing that we've been seeing lately is about the mark of the beast. So I want to look and see what God's word says about that on a few topics so we can be able to filter these things. So we can have some power because knowledge is power and be able to be able to look at something, hear something and say, no, that is not right. It really builds our relationship with God. It builds a confidence because we know. And we, we can know, we can stand up, and we can be an example. So let's start off with 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there's always been a big debate about whether we're going to have a rapture after the tribulation, during the tribulation, or before the tribulation. And this one verse, I think, makes it very clear. What is the tribulation? That is wrath. And it tells us, in 5 and 9. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but obtained salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So if we are not going to obtain wrath, we obtain salvation. And by salvation, we avoid wrath. So let's look a little bit further. Revelation 7, 1 and 8. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. For I saw another angel as a ceasing to the east, having the seal of the living God. For he cried out in a loud voice to the four angels, to whom he given the hurt of the earth and sea, and saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants and our God in their foreheads. And I will herd the number of them which are sealed, and they were sealed a hundred and forty-four thousand for all the tribes of the children of Israel. And one tribe were sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Reuben, and were sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Glad, were sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Asher, and were sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Zephal, and sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Master, and were sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Simeon, and sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Livion, and sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Ezekiel, and sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Zomar, and sealed twelve thousand of the tribe of Japheth, were sealed twelve thousand, and the tribe of Benjamin were sealed twelve thousand. So if we are needed to spread the word of God during this time, why are all these 144,000 people set aside? Because that is their job, not ours. Revelation 13, 11 and 16. Let's just stop there for a minute. Um, so this big debate about whether we're going to go through the tribulation or not. 
we have evidence here in the word of God that says that God is going to take his bride. God does not take his bride to war. He keeps his bride safe. And we are the bride of Christ. And we have these other examples that I've given you here about how we are going to be not involved in this tribulation, this last effort to save souls before the final showdown. You know, and we have to look at our our human nature. You know, we we, a lot of times we, we watch things on TV and we think, Wow, that'd be fun. I could do that. And uh, many times that when we actually try, you know, maybe a re- home improvement or something like that, we, we try it and it doesn't quite work out as it does on TV because we don't have all that behind the scenes stuff going. You know, we don't have the, the experts that's really doing things. We don't have the time lapse. We don't have the, the skill sets and stuff that we see. And, but we think that we can. You know, you, you, you watch a... Uh, a fast movie and you think, well, I, yeah, I can drive like that. I can do these things. But really, we can't. You know, it just it seems like a good idea. We can't. And, and it's, the, it's the same thing with this. Our, our human things are saying, well, you know, we want to we want to stand up. We want to battle for God. And, you know, this seems like a good thing for doing. You know, we want to be part of something. As a human, we always want to, to want to be part of something. We want to be part of a, a movement. We want to be special in some way. You know, we see that, you know, it's a way for us to, to, to do something. And, you know, we have opportunities to stand up for God each and every day. And we don't even do it in the littlest capacities. But this thing seems abstract and it seems far off and it seems something we, we have to be pushed into that we're going to do it. And we always seem to think that when the time comes, when we're, we're pushed comes to shove, that... And Peter was a prime example of that. You know, he says, no, God, I will never, I'll never deny you. you know, I will stand up for you. I will be there side by side to the bitter end until when the time came, then he denied Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. Even though he was so confident that he could stand strong, he failed. And you know, God knows this about each and every one of us. God loves us. God wants to protect us. God wants us to do what we can do now. We're not waiting up. We're not stocking up. We're not preparing for this, this final battle. We're, we're in the battle right now. If you want to battle right now, if you want to stand up, if you want to be special, if you want to do something for God, you have the opportunity right now to do so. We spend so much time looking for signs and looking for things, waiting for it. I know people that have closets stocked up for stuff, just waiting for the day because they think they're going to be there battling it out. Revelation 13, 11 and 16. And I behold another beast coming out of the earth, and it had two horns like a lamb, and spake like a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and caused the earth, which the devil therein, to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. 
and do his make wonders, and he makes fire come down from the earth, from the heaven of the earth to side of men, and deceive them by dwell on the earth by means of the miracles. He had the power to do so, and say inside of the beast, saying to them to dwell on the earth, and they should make an image to the beast which they had wounded by the sword, and they did live. And he had the power to give life to that image as of the beast, and of that image of the beast should both speak and cause as many that would not worship in the image of the beast shall be killed. And that he caused both the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free and the bond to receive the mark on their right hand or their foreheads. And that no man may not buy nor sell, say that he have the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here in wisdom, let him that have understanding count the number of the beast, for is the number of man, the number of six hundred, three score, and six. See, we talk about this mark, but we, see, we miss the part in front of it about we see this person, this thing that rises up and performs all these miracles and does all these things. And that's not happened. See, what we fail to see with God is there is no trick. God is very transparent in everything he tells us. It's the devil we have to worry about. He's the liar and deceiver. But God is transparent. And we're not going to have our salvation taken from us. God says that no one can pluck us from his hands. And we're all standing here today as claiming to be born again believers, covered by the blood of Jesus. We have salvation. So how can we be tricked into giving our salvation away? Something that has already been bought and paid for and sealed. We own it. It cannot be taken away. We're not going to be tricked. It is going to be clear that you know what this mark is. See, because Satan, he wants his power. By this point, he's tired of playing behind the scenes. He's going to show you who he is, and he is going to make you give him that obedience that he has always craved and wanted. The whole reason why he fell, because he craves such a power that he's better. And he wants us to bow down to that. That is what it's all about. So we don't have to worry about these things that we, we think could be it. We're not going to be tricked. It's going to be clear. Now, I'm not saying to run out and go take a vaccination. I'm not saying run out and have a, a microchip put into your hand or, or any of these other things that's been claimed to be this mark. I'm just saying to be informed. I'm saying don't let misdirection, don't let fear be the things that make the decisions for you in life. Let the word of God 
make your decisions. We live in a very unique world. We have God, and we also have a lot of technology. We have a lot of science. And despite what a lot of people say, these things can all live in harmony together. Because it's not, if you do something of science, if you do something of technology, you're not turning your back on God. God is the one that instilled these ideas in the people. God is the one that provided all of the elements on this earth that we use to make the things that we do. Think about that for a moment. Everything that we use, all the raw resources that we use, God put here. We use things like gold. We, of course, it's got value, but it's also got great connectivity. We use it in electronics. We have things like our diamonds, which are, are highly valuable. They're nice to look at, but they're also a cutting tool. One of the hardest surfaces on earth. We have minerals that we can take out of the earth. We have iron. We have salt. We have all these things that we do. We have chemicals that we combine together. We have plants that are good for food, that are good for medicine. We have animals that God says that we can eat freely of, but also have been key in saving lives. We are doing things now where we're replacing human parts like heart valves with that of a pig. All these things would not be possible if God didn't put them there. And do you think that's all an accident? Do you think that it was man that was so smart that he could just take these things that just magically appeared from a big explosion that just happened to come to life and, and grow out of the water and grow out of the ground and be able to put it together to make medicine, to make vaccines, to be able to create all these great technological advancements, to be able to heal the bodies and restore them in ways that's never been done before. Look at the technology we have with amputee people, that they have lost a limb, but through technology and science are able to function almost to the capacity they did before. These things are not because of man. They are because of God. Because God knows everything that we are going to need. Do you think when you lie awake at night and you have that, that vision that comes into your head, that idea, that thought, is this just you dreaming it up? Or perhaps it's the Holy Spirit giving you a nudge. More than ever, we need the Word of God because there is so much stuff 
coming at us. And people, we live in dangerous times too. Because there is sin running rampant. We live in a time where God is not a top priority. Where they are ungodly men and women that are in charge. That are seeking their own self-power, their self-worth, their self-financial gain. And are willing to sacrifice any and everybody for to attain these goals. We have to stand up for God. We have to filter everything through God. Do not be deceived. And it's so easy. Because we can turn on our TVs and we can listen to the news. And they want us just to take everything at face value. But with God's face is not on the value, it has no value. When the day comes when they can quote from the Word of God and say, This is the reason why, then they have my attention. Until then, I'll use my filters, I'll use the Word of God. And we all should do the same. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to gather once again, Lord. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for everything that's in your word, Father. You've given us so much. We've given us instruction for life, Father, how to succeed, how to be prosperous, how to be healed. And Father, you've also given us a glimpse into the future, Father, what it holds for all of us, Father. You've given us a glimpse into what eternity is going to be like, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunity to have all this at our fingertips, Father. And Father, I pray today, Father, that we can start using this to the best of our abilities, Father. That through you, through the Holy Spirit, Father, through that guidance, through prayer, that we'll surrender, Father. That we'll block out the world and the attacks of Satan, Father, and, and use your word to guide us. Father, I ask today if anyone has a need, anyone needs to come forward, anyone needs to have a change of heart, a change in the direction, that the chains will be broken and the decisions will be made today. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.